Getting clarity on your vision can open up doors to align your work with your purpose. On this Saturday cast, Kwame Marfo shares his journey of intentionally aligning his vision and values in his work and life. This is Coaching for Leaders, episode 542. Produced by Innovate Learning, maximizing human potential. Greetings to you from Orange County, California. This is Coaching for Leaders, and I'm your host, Dave Stahoviak. Leaders aren't born, they're made. And this weekly show helps you discover leadership wisdom through insightful conversations. This is one of the Saturday casts. Several times a year, I air a Saturday episode that is a conversation with one of our Academy members or listeners. The next regular episode is coming still on Monday. This is a extra episode. And the Saturday casts are sponsored and brought to you by the Coaching for Leaders Academy. The Academy is a year-long program and cohort of participant leaders who work personally with me to create movement in their leadership development and movement toward organizational results. You can discover more and get alerted about opportunities to apply for the Academy by going over to coachingforleaders.com slash academy. Today, I'm so glad to welcome one of the alums of our Academy, Kwame Marfo. Uh, He completed the Academy just about a year ago. He is a director at Genentech in the San Francisco Bay Area and is joining with me today to talk a bit about his career journey and how he's aligned it so well with the why, as so many of us have heard on this show many times, the importance of aligning with our why. Kwame, it is so good to have you here with me. Awesome, Dave. Thank you for the opportunity and thank you for all the work you have done with Coaching for Leaders, you continue to do and the the time we spent in the academy. I am definitely better for it. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, The pleasure has been mine. Uh, I've learned a bunch from you and I've really been captivated by your story and what you've done with your career and your work today because of your own personal journey. And before we get into your career today, your career today relates back to where your journey started. And I mentioned in the introduction, you live today in the San Francisco Bay Area and work for Genentech, but that's not at all where your story started, right? It started somewhere very different. Yes, it did. Very, very different. So I'm, I'm from Ghana, West Africa, so b- born and raised there. And the transition to, to the States, California, the Bay Area was a transition for, for school. Pretty fortunate to have landed in, in beautiful California for that. And yeah, I've, I've pretty much have stayed here since with some consistent trips back home. And, and, and I'm loving it. And one of the reasons I've, I've stayed has been because of, of the, the career this, this space has allowed me to develop so far, specifically the career at Genentech and how that really ties back to personal experience I've had with um, disease in my family, which I'm sure multiple people around the world have had because disease impacts all of us in, in some capacity. And I've been pretty fortunate with, with timing and so many things that are outside of my control that have pretty much lined up to, to provide for me for, with an opportunity to, to impact that in my own way. And we'll see where that, where that goes because I'm still early in my career, but pretty pretty happy and um, grateful for for the opportunity so far. One of the things we begin with in the Academy is sharing a bit of our own personal stories. And uh, I remember very clearly your story and telling us about your childhood 
and the experience and what it was like growing up in Ghana and differences, obviously, here from the States. And the most important part of your story from your childhood was your dad. I was wondering if you might share that story with us. So yeah, Dave, the story of my father is that unfortunately, I lost my father when I was in high school and I lost him to, to kidney failure. And I was old enough to, to understand what was happening with him through, throughout their journey, old enough to understand the considerations him and the rest of my family were making with his treatment options. And one of the things that stuck out to me as he was managing his disease was the fact that he didn't have access to all of the treatment options that would be available to a person who was suffering from that condition. And that really stuck out to me during that time and left, a, left an impression on me and has really been a, a focal driving force for me in, in my career and tying back to even my, my value system around how I decide to, to focus my time and my energy. Ultimately is what led me to search ways to improve access to healthcare throughout the world and I am still on that journey, as I'm sure multiple people within the industry are. But ultimately, I landed up at, at Genentech, and it's been a pretty great opportunity for me so far to really engage directly in, in the industry through the pharmaceutical perspective and thinking through developing novel therapies and then naturally thinking through also how to increase access to these therapies across the world. So yeah, that's that's been a little bit of uh, that's a little bit of the story there with 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 my dad and the impact he had on my life through unfortunately the disease he he succumbed to, but his his legacy definitely lives on through 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 me and through my family. Yeah, th- thank you so much for sharing your story, and I know it is so much a part of who you are and part of what drives your work. And you mentioned the word values when you were talking about your dad and the lessons you've learned from that experience. When you think about values, what do you latch onto today that's so important? That's the why behind what you do. Yeah, I think about values a lot. And and you know, part of this is is, you know, experiences in my own life, but also, you know, a lot of coaching and wisdom I've received from others and and pretty much try and stay true to to my values. And that I think starts with defining them. And I think through my dad's experience, one value that, or two values that I would highlight that really drive me today and remain true, center around service and generosity. And the the generosity piece is because there was a lot, a lot done to to help my dad and my family in that situation. And then naturally, as I started to to grow in my career, I I, I was the recipient of so much generosity from from others. Um, other leaders, other peers, uh, friends, and 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 even ex- extended family. So that has really, really stuck out to me, and and I try as much as possible to multiply that in in my own way. And pretty closely tied to to generosity is the is the is the notion of service, and really thinking about the other person with with empathy, and and having that really frame most, if not all, of what I do, um, because with service there is sacrifice. But yeah, I would say those are the two values that at least that the experience of my dad really um, helped me frame and solidify and continue to be true for me today. And I, I'd be surprised if they change, but you know, you never know, I guess. <laughs> you shared something with me before that I thought was really interesting on just building 
you, you mentioned to me that building relationships was really important and getting to network with people was really important. And one of the things that I thought was super smart is you've just stumbled on highlighting you know, connections with people by asking them what books they're reading and what podcasts they're listening to. And I thought that was really interesting. And is that how you heard about Coaching for Leaders initially? <laughs> That's exactly how I heard about Coaching for Leaders. Oh, and, how funny. And yeah, you know, networking tends to get a, a bad rep um, depending on the perspective you get. But if you really frame it as like, you really are just trying to get to know people and learn and be curious. I think it, it makes it easier. And, and a lot of that was, was my frame. And you could argue, maybe I'm, I'm also, you know, ex, extrovert. My wife calls me a social butterfly. So, so maybe I'm inclined to be okay in, in, in social settings and, and, and break the ice, but, but no, yeah, I, I've, I'm deliberate about building, building the network or as I like to frame it, I'm deliberate about forming relationships and getting to know people. And, and to be honest, Dave, a lot of that goes back to some of the lessons from my dad. So one thing he, he would always tell us in his story, he was the first to go to college in his family. Um, he was an architect and he would say like the, the reason he went to college was because of his friends and the relationship and the community they had built to continue to encourage each other. And, and that's what I, I live by today in terms of like building that community and, and really just staying curious. So, so yeah, I, I was catching up with a friend. I'll, I'll call him out, Luke Stewart. I think we were grabbing coffee and we we're catching up, uh, just talking about life. And, you know, right before I left, I was like, Hey, what are you reading? What are you, what are you listening to? What are you watching? That that's really made you change your mind. I think that's the way I framed it or was really interesting. And he happened to mention your podcast. I hadn't heard about your podcast. Uh, so I was like, cool. I downloaded it there and started to listen. And then I was captivated. And here we are now talking. <laughs> here we are now talking. Yeah. Well, shout out to Luke. Thanks so much for passing the show along. Uh, so grateful for it. And uh, yeah, it's, it, it, you know, I'm thinking about what you just said too, about building relationships, finding a way to do that well. And I'm thinking back also to, uh, and it's it's interesting you mentioned your dad, because I, I think I recall in one of the, Genentech did a beautiful profile on you and your career. And one of the things that you, you mentioned in that is that culturally, like things are really different in Ghana, just as far as communication. And, you know, um, and I think if I'm recalling right, you know, communication tends to come top down in society from tribal leaders. Children aren't typically as, uh, as involved in the, the communication at events. So like, that's like a muscle that you needed to learn to build if I'm interpreting that right. Yeah. I, and it, I'm, Pretty grateful for for the opportunity to to highlight my story uh, with with Genentech and and hopefully that you know that story in this conversation inspires others because I've been inspired by stories, but but yeah you know the 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 communication style culturally is very different and and yes tr like traditionally traditionally yeah, things have definitely changed back back home in Ghana but there there are elements of the traditions that that still remain true there's definitely a, a a formal line of communication my I'm of the Ashanti tribe um, which is part of a broader tribe called the Akan tribe and typically in in those tribal settings there is a spokesperson for the chief so the chief doesn't even directly speak to people there's that formality that he speaks through someone um, out of respect and there's a cadence to that speech uh, typically if you would 
visit anyone in Ghana if they were following traditional norms. When you go to someone's house, you sit down, there's a way they formally welcome you, there's a way you formally respond before you actually get into the the essence of why you visited, so on and so forth. So yeah, it, it, you know, I was I was wired that way because that was my culture, that was my reality. And I came to the States and sitting in in business meetings and uh yeah, you gotta you gotta own your voice in those settings. Um and part of that I honestly think is also changing as people become more aware of the different styles of others. And kudos to all the leaders out there who are more or less creating space for different styles of communication. And but yeah, I, I had to find my voice. I had to be comfortable with speaking up. I had to like make my own rules. One of the rules I made was I'd be the first person to to ask a question. And I pushed myself to that because I knew that started to get my my juices flowing, so to speak. So yeah, definitely a muscle I had to build. Um, I think it's it's no longer a weak muscle at this point. So so part of the adjustment. So grateful for that. But de- but definitely still uh, still growing in in other areas. Yeah, I, I would say you're really great at that. When I think about all the people in our academy community and our alums, that that's a real strength of yours. And it's cool that it comes Thank right you. back to your dad and his strength in doing that. And, you know, like so much of your story is really built around him and honoring him. And I, I, I love that it goes there. And I guess, I guess that probably leads me to wonder, at some point, you started listening to the show and you applied for the academy. What mm-hmm. prompted you to apply for the academy? Uh, yeah, I, I, I view leadership as a continuous learning journey. So I'll say that from, from number one. And I'm a learner at heart. So the 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 opportunity to to immerse myself uh, in a situation where I can learn with others of you know similar pers- similar mindset in terms of like they're they're committed to learning and committed to learning with leadership, I have the opportunity to to interact directly with you, um, and 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 tap into your wisdom were were some of the drivers. But like to be honest, the, the major driver as I was considering joining the academy was actually diversity, diversity of leadership. So as I reflected on my career journey, I've had so many great leaders pour so much into me and, and they've been diverse. They have, but you know, they've all primarily been within Genentech or the biotech healthcare space, West coast of California, of, of, of the state. So there's a piece of me that said, Hey, what, what is it like to lead in other parts of the country and other industries, like what are they wrestling with those leaders and how can I learn from them as well? And also there's a little piece of me to, to, that was wondering, does my, would my leadership perspectives and mindsets also translate into those contexts as well? Uh, but that was the main driver actually. So just the diversity of, of experience um, there and, and seeking something different from what, I had immediate access to in my um, immediate environment. Kwame, you know this, uh, for those listening, uh, we start the Academy experience with really setting a vision for the future, what two to three years looks like. When you Mm -hmm. wrote yours, Kwame, what, what came up for you that was most important and what's happened since as you've started that journey down that two to three year path? Yeah. So a lot of it really centered on my values. And I think one of the, the, the great things you do in the academy is really getting people to, to take that first step, which 
invariably will lead to that second step. So to start to create motion, I believe, as you, as you like to say, a movement, as you like to say. Yeah. And I think for me, when I reflected on my values and the experiences I'd had from, from a career perspective, I, I think the, the notion or, you know, the value of, of, of service of, of going beyond myself really connected in with the theme of, of increasing access to healthcare, which also goes back to, to my, to my, to my personal story. And that's, that's wide and vast, but in this vision, um, I really went back to that. And as I thought through my, my career at, at Genentech coming in through engineering route and getting into the actual manufacturing of our pharmaceutical products that was driven by access. At that point in my career, I told myself, hey, like if, if you're not making this stuff, no one's going to get it. So why don't you go figure out how to make this, this, this medicine? Why don't you go figure out how to make it more efficiently and scale up production so there can be so much of it that everyone could get access to it? You know, that was my mindset. And I dove into that and I loved that experience. But as I grew in my career and I and understood the industry a bit more, I began to realize that, hey, like making this medicine is only part of the equation. There's so much more complexity involved in getting these therapies, therapeutics into the hands of, of patients who actually need them. And to be honest, Dave, the disparities of health in this country, in America, were, were mind-blowing. You know, coming from Ghana, I, I know what we had. And, you know, prior to coming to the States, I was like, there's so much wealth in this country. Of, of course, there shouldn't be as many disparities to health as there are actually today, but that's not the case. So, so that was even more mind-blowing for me, but I also was curious about what, what, why is, what is causing that? So with that and with some other experiences, started to somewhat navigate my career into spaces that, as I like to say, are somewhat trying to democratize access to healthcare. And specifically now in, in, a, in a role where we are really looking at how we want to advance more inclusive research and really thinking through where in the world we're going within our clinical trial landscape for development of, of our new therapies as, as you know, our brilliant scientists are thinking about them. And then also who, who, we're, who we're recruiting into participating into these trials and what can we do today to to change that landscape, to have that be a more representative take or look of the actual population that would be impacted by the disease so we can truly learn what's happening. But this is where I am now. And so um, it's, it's, been, it's been great to take those steps on that front of, of the career as, as I've been thinking through the vision and, and going through those exercises with you and, and the rest of the cohort. Oh, thanks for sharing all that, Kwame. I, you know, as you were saying that, I was thinking back to um, when I had Guy Raz on the show. He's the host of the popular uh, How I Built This podcast. And when he interviews people, he often asks at the end, you know, how much of your success is your, I think he says, is it skill or is it luck is the dichotomy he yep. often asks people. And you've said the, the word fortunate several times and how fortunate you've been and, you know, been in the right place at the right time. And And there is an element of that for all of us. And I also think that there is also an element here of you just being real intentional about this. Um, you know, when I think about your vision and when you wrote it out of being real intentional about like, how can I really align what I'm doing with Genentech's values and with my own personal story and really 
find access for people in clinical trials and disadvantaged populations. Like you've made some really cool things happen as a result of that. And, you know, it's interesting, like once you get really intentional about something and write it down, like the opportunities, you know, sometimes just start appearing. Uh, you know, we notice them, we take mm -hmm. advantage of them and you really moved on a bunch and it's been really, it's been really cool to see you now transform your personal story into a story for others too, which I think is really, it's really amazing. It's just a great legacy for, you know, your, your dad's story and, and who you are and how that's come into your career. Thanks for that, Dave. I, I appreciate that. I, I, I guess sometimes I, I, I take that for granted, but I know I, I shouldn't. And, and yeah, I, I do believe we have agency. I do. But I also think that that goes to, to that can only go so far in some, in some instances. And, and yes, I, I have been deliberate and I, I would say where I am deliberate is, is being deliberate about reflecting, being deliberate about trying, being deliberate about staying curious. And yeah, that, that has helped me and that's, that's, that's served me so far. And, and I'm just, I'm grateful for, for the folks who've, who've infused me with, with that perspective, because it's not, it's not necessarily something I had out the gate. You mentioned the importance of self-reflection and and I know you're really big also on continuous learning and adapting. As mm -hmm. as you go forward, what's the kind of things you're doing, you're thinking about that just help you to do that, to be in a place of continuous learning, growth mindset, and opening your mind to new things? Yeah. I guess there's a piece here that goes back to, I guess, the, you know, the deliberate action and call, call it the discipline. And I would say I, I've seen and heard enough from exceptional people who say that this practice is important, that I, I believe that. And, and, and so I, I try and, I try and behave in that way. And I'm, I'm, I'm not always perfect. So, so yeah, I, I have some deliberate practices that I've started to do that have now become habits that, that help me reflect. And that's been, that's been beneficial. So, uh, you know, I pretty much journal every morning and some people might, might, might freak out about that. Technically not every morning, every, every weekday I'm, I'm off on the weekends. You know, some people might, you know, freak out about that, but it's, it's not like a page. It's not like a 500 word essay every day. It's literally a, a question prompt. I have two prompts that I just reflect on those prompts and I write what comes to mind. And then I reflect on different elements of, of my life. And I'm comfortable sharing that. I, I think about my wife because that's arguably the, the most important relationship. So, hey, how am I doing? How did I do with, with my wife last yesterday? And it's literally a, a check mark if I think I did well and an X if I, did, if I think I didn't do well. Uh, so reflect on the wife, reflect on family, reflect on um, you know, how I'm feeling spiritually, reflect on how I'm feeling emotionally. How I'm feeling physically, how I'm feeling socially as well. And, you know, I check boxes or X's. Do I track and trend that stuff? No, but, you know, doing it consistently gives me a sense of where I'm having uh, gaps and where I need to rebalance. And, and that invariably leads to action. So, so that's been helpful. But the other piece is just the community. Like I am deliberate about trying to surround myself with, with people who, are better than me or people who have things I don't that I know I can learn from. So I'm deliberate about like cultivating those relationships and deliberate about learning from people and staying connected. And I think, I think those two ish broad themes have been ways I've, I've tried to stay self reflective and, and learn 
and then get better. And I guess the last thing is like, I, I'm, I'm definitely an audio learner, so I'm huge on podcasts. Um, so I listen to a fair amount of podcasts or audio books as well. Nice. Uh, well, thanks mm-hmm. for sharing all that, Kwame. It's, it's, uh, it, it's interesting how many folks in our Academy community, me included, do some version of recording something in the morning or at the end of the day mm-hmm. or something. Uh, it, there's something powerful about getting it down on paper. And I've seen all different versions of it. But it, I think it's less important what the structure is at a big picture and more important that there is a process of reflection. And there's a pro, there's something powerful of just getting it down on paper and taking the time to stop for five minutes, even if it is just or a minute or two even. Yeah, it really does make a big difference. Um, and that's actually, you know, that that's a good lead into something else that I love that you said recently. And I think maybe you heard it from someone else of the message. Don't trust the summary. And I think that that's like such a mm-hmm. such a powerful concept. Could you share a bit about that? Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, this, 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 this resonated with me a lot. And and part of it is like recognizing that we live in a world of so much complexity, and that doesn't necessarily have to be a negative thing. But you know, there's a mindset to just embla- embracing the fact that we live in a complex world if not embracing the fact that as, as humans, we're, we're, we're complex beings. Um, so we, we're surrounded by complexity and yes, do we sometimes over-engineer that complexity and can things become more simple? Could we make things more effortless that you had, you had Greg McCord on, on your show recently. And he was, he was talking about that. I, I agree a hundred, a hundred percent, but there's a piece though about like, kind of like doing the work or like just being in that complexity and just not looking for these shortcuts all the time and really just engaging in something deep or engaging in something meaningful that has benefited me. And I think sometimes um, is, is lost on people. So, so yeah, that's, that's where it comes from, I would say. And yeah, the other example is like, you know, when you look at someone's resume or if you looked at my LinkedIn profile, you know, if you looked at my LinkedIn profile, you would not get a sense of everything we've just discussed. You know, it's just like the yeah. highlight reel yeah. of some major events. And I'm selective on those major events I put up there. And, you know, people look at that and, you know, come up with, with some conclusions on, on who this person is or what their set of experiences have been. Um, and invariably that's only, you know, the partial truth. So, so yeah, there's, there's definitely, a component that I am, or a theme, I would say that I, is 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 becoming more and more real for me in terms of like just the perspective I have on certain things. With like, hey, don't look for the shortcut all the time. Don't don't look for that quick hit, that summary. Actually engage, actually empathize, actually listen. Don't just lead with assumptions. You know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's where that's that's that came from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. Uh, I I get a message a few times a year from someone in our listening community who says, hey, I love the show. And they say some version of, I really wish you did a summary at the end of episodes that you would capture the one or two or three most (laughs) important concepts. And I always try to send back a gracious response, but I, I basically say what you said, which is the summary would be different for each person, though. Exactly. And that's my my job is to engage in the complexity and hopefully to surface a lot of different ways to look at something and then for each person to decide what they do with that. And I I love that that call to like don't just trust the summary. Yeah, that's helpful in, in 
some situations and looking at the big picture, but it's also helpful to appreciate the complexity of things and how it's really different in different situations. And sometimes mm-hmm. like that that one line or that one message from someone buried somewhere is the thing that you need to hear in that moment that really changes your perspective on something. And and you're you're a great example. 100%. Of that. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Hey, Kwame, this has been great. I really appreciate you sharing your story with us. Um, you know, I often ask people at the end, since you've listened to the show for a while, what have you changed your mind on as you've been going down this journey over the last couple of years, we've been through this huge pandemic. Uh, you've had a lot of change in your personal life. Uh, as you reflect in the last year or two, what's something you've changed your mind on? Something I've changed my mind on. Yeah. So naturally a lot, a lot has happened within the last year. There are two things. So I don't know if I'm, maybe I'm breaking the rules here, but two things really, <laughs> right. really come to mind for me. And the first is, is the power of your environment or, you know, and I think sometimes we, Sometimes I, I can tend to maybe over-index on the agency, the resilience, um, the perseverance that I may have, and, and, and definitely there are situations that, that call for that. But there's so much of my perspective, my decision-making that is directly and indirectly tied to my environment. And I am not as always deliberate about thinking through how I'm shaping that. And how much agency, how much perseverance, how much steadfastness I'm actually pulling into designing my environment. And I would say like I, it's in some instances more important than the, um, the individual agency we do have because of the, the forces that, that that has. So that's been something that I've really, really began to appreciate more and more and have, if anything, deployed again, my, my energy into that. And that, that reflects like how I think about my physical space that def- reflects on how I think about my, my emotional space and, and who I'm surrounding myself with, how I'm reflecting, so on and so forth. Uh, that's been a big one for me, I would say. The other one is, is another piece, which I think reigned true a lot in, in the pandemic. Um, and so much was happening last year, but if, but in some senses, if you, if you strip things away and I think, uh, someone you had on, on your show talked about this, I can't remember when, but really the notion of like flipping the, the, the mindset around motivation a bit and really, especially as it pertains to, 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 to teams or stuff at work, really thinking through or appreciating the perspective that you can't motivate people directly, or at least, you know, our perspective that you can't motivate people directly. If anything, you're inspiring them to be motivated and how like, it's more of, if it is about inspiring them and that they ultimately are the ones who are tapping into something to keep them going, your role as a leader, as a, as a friend, as a peer is really trying to understand their perspective and their world and really listening and, and empathizing and tapping into that has been something that has, has, has really come up for me within the last year. And, and I'm really sitting with that, with that perspective this year and, and beyond truly. Um, so yeah, the, just the notion of uh, inspiring people to be motivated versus thinking that I can actually like motivate someone and, and shake them up um, directly. I think they're the ones who, who actually have that ability. And if anything, my, my role is to inspire them to see that themselves yeah, I don't know if that made sense or resonated. Yeah, it does. I mean, I have I have hard enough time motivating myself yeah. <laughs> to do some things, right? 
And uh, I love I love your your invitation to us of like, hey, you know, let's. I mean, think about what you said about environment. You know, not only for ourselves, but also creating that environment for others. I mean, in a way, both of yeah. those answers are environment, right? Uh, one's mm-hmm. you, one's the world around you, and by you, I mean all of us in that. And it, boy, if we start from that perspective, what a difference it is just on how you frame the context of language and conversation and not forcing people, but inviting people. It, it, what, a, what a great way to come at a situation and a context of life as a leader. It's just uh, uh, super powerful. Thanks for that. Yeah, it's part of, part of the journey. Haven't perfected that yet, so we'll see how it goes. But yeah, um, definitely resonant, uh, sitting with that. Kwame Marfo, thank you so much for your wisdom and uh, helping to challenge us to align our work with our why. Awesome, Dave. Thanks. Thanks for the opportunity to 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 chat and share parts of parts of my story. And and yeah, I'll definitely be be looking forward to uh, engaging and and being a, a lifelong fan of of you um, and and the work you're doing on coaching for leaders. So so thank you, thank you, thank you. Several related episodes to this conversation. The first one I'm thinking of, of course, is episode 223, Start With Why, with Simon Sinek. Uh, In that conversation, Simon and I talked about his book, Start With Why. I know many of you are familiar with his message on looking at the purpose behind why we're doing what we're doing, not only for ourselves, but for our organizations. His invitation in that episode is to begin to think about that holistically and intentionally. Episode 223, if you'd really like to be inspired by his wisdom on that. Uh, I'd also recommend episode 424, Craft a Career to Fit Your Strengths. My guest on that episode was Scott Barlow, who was also on the last episode interviewing me. Scott's an expert on career design and helping folks to make intentional transitions in their careers, and he works from the strengths models we've talked about many times on the show. And in episode 424, we talked about how how to begin thinking about your career through that lens if you haven't before. And uh, if your career is anything like mine, there's been a lot of zigzag lines along the way. And yet, I've been fortunate over the years to get mentoring and coaching from people like Scott to think about, what am I really good at? What am I naturally good at? And to do a better job over the years of starting to tack in that direction. And if you'd like to begin that as well, episode 424 is a good starting point for you. And then finally, you heard Kwame talk about the process of putting together a vision. That's one of the first things we do inside of our academy community to begin to craft what does the future look like. And then, of course, throughout our academy conversations to take regular action toward that consistently over a year. If you'd like to begin that process on your own, one of the resources that's available on the website for free members is the audio course, How to Create Your Personal Vision. I walk you through step-by-step, very similar process to what we use within the Academy, and how you can begin to take that first step to start to craft your vision as well. If you have your free membership set up, just go ahead and log in, click on Courses. You'll see it's one of the many audio courses that are available for you. If you did not have your free membership set up yet, Uh, That's very easy to do. Just go over to coachingforleaders.com, set up your free membership. You'll have access to that audio course 
every other free audio course and plus the entire library of episodes that I've aired since 2011. And you can search by all kinds of topics. One of the areas we have episodes filed under is the Saturday cast episodes. These episodes that I air on a Saturday every once in a while that feature the stories of our listeners and Academy alumni and members over the years who have taken what they've learned here on the show and in our community and actually put it into practical action. And as much as I love talking to the expert researchers and so many of the people we have on the show teaching us about specific uh, practices and skills, uh, I just love these conversations because I love hearing from you and your stories about what you're doing with what you've learned on the show in order to take action. And the Saturday casts are a great way to dive in on that more. It's one of the many areas you can search for inside the free membership to surface what's relevant for you right now. All of that at coachingforleaders.com. Set up your free membership and you'll be off and running with that plus tons of other benefits. Next week, I am glad, next week's just in a couple days here on Monday, I am glad to welcome Canadian astronaut Dave Williams on the key leadership lessons that he has done in his research and looked at research from NASA over the years. NASA, of course, an iconic organization. We're going to be learning from Dave what are some of the key leadership lessons he's seen along the way in his research and also his own journey as an astronaut. Have a great weekend and see you back for that conversation on Monday.